Hi, and welcome back to the Religion of Human Nature podcast. Today, we're talking about digging deep, and I have two people who are, I would say, experts on this topic for different reasons, but both in sort of the fitness and athletic field. The first is Jen Wiederstrom, who is a trainer extraordinaire. You might know her from The Biggest Loser, um, from her very popular Instagram and social media accounts, and many, many other projects. I actually found her on my favorite vignette, and I told her this, where she was training Conan O'Brien and Kevin Hart. And I laugh, I watch it all the time. I laugh so hard. It is like the funniest episode. Uh, Jen, how are you? Thanks for being here. Hi. I wish, I wish, I wish I could get you the tape from the cutting room floor. We shot for two hours. I mean, we, and and, and all I knew is I was going to work with Conan O'Brien and um, I'll keep the story short, but I'm a big fan of Conan. I watch the show all the time, loved him. And then they kept talking about this Kevin guy, like, well, Kevin's going to be there. I'm like, guys, wait, hold on. If you're going to throw somebody else at me, I need to know what's going, what their body's going through. Like, I'm taking this seriously. And they're like, it's Kevin Hart. And I was like, oh, my God, how am I going to wrangle these guys? And they were like, you were the trainer. You're going to work them out. You're going to be tough. And then I feel like they went and said, okay, don't listen to a word she says. Because it, it was it was bananas. And, I mean, at one point, Conan was forcing my hand to check his femoral artery for his pulse. <laughs> I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm useless now. I, so anyway, Lenny, you've got to watch it if you haven't seen it. It's pretty. Funny. I, I will. I'll now, now that you talked about it, uh, absolutely. Oh, it, was, it was hilarious, and both gentlemen, wonderful people. But like, I was, yeah. I lost it. They were, they're a great comedic duo. And you may also, and you should know if you watch the Olympics, my uh, other guest, Lenny Krasenberg, a gold medal, Olympic gold medal swimmer. Lenny, this is not the first time we've talked, but thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you doing this. Oh, it's my pleasure. I really appreciate you reaching out and would love to, looking forward to sharing, you know, some of my experiences. And Jen, right. good to meet you again. I'm guessing none include Kevin Hart and Conan though, huh? No, but he raced against the biggest names ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, I also don't have a gold medal, so, I mean. Not yet. It's never too late. I think it's exactly. too late. That's what I always say. It's never too late. Oh, God. All right, Lenny, let's start with you. So as an Olympian, you went up against the best of the best in your sport. Where do you go internally, whether it's emotionally or intellectually or spiritually or just physically, to get the most out of your body to perform? Well, I think, uh, you know, for, for me and my experiences, it was always about uh, appreciating what I did. Um, that it started with that. It started with the fact that, um, you know, I, I, I had the talent to, to be at this level, but I also had the work ethic. And I never took that for granted. I never took for granted the journey that it took to achieve the level of being at the Olympic Games and competing against the best in the world. So every single day that when I train, I, I, I respected the process. I respected the people around me, starting with, with my coaches, as well as my teammates. And that uh, brought out the best in me every single day when I went through the process and went through the grind. So when I came to competitions and when I, well, when I was in the starting blocks racing at the, at the biggest competitions in my life or anywhere, um, I had the confidence knowing that I put in all the work that needed to be put in to be able to not just compete, but to, to win. Amazing. Yeah. That's, it, it's gotta be, a, it's gotta be a full journey uh, as you're saying. And, and I think that that moment is 
you know, when you get into the pool, hopefully the training, right, has, is already there, obviously, or you wouldn't, you wouldn't, well, you certainly wouldn't get that far, but you, uh, you got to be confident. Um, I once you, heard, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I once, there's a story once of this woman who was uh, qualified for the Olympics for a country and she, and she wasn't going to win and they knew that the country wouldn't send her and she was telling me she was upset about it. But, you know, I was like, you're, you know, that everyone I believe who goes to the Olympics believes and at least that there's a hope that they can take home a medal or they're probably not going to at least compete. It's not just about, especially in America, it's not just about representing your country. It's about hopefully coming home with a medal, correct? Well, I think, well, when you talk about America specifically, it's, it's, a, it's incredibly competitive just to make these Olympic Games. Uh, like in our sport, for example, in swimming, it's harder to make the U.S. Olympic team than it is actually at most time winning the Olympic gold medal because it is so competitive. And only top two athletes in each event get to go to Olympic Games. And, you know, in our sport, we're talking about hundreds of a second that make a difference between having that opportunity or not. So, you know, when you make the Olympic team for the U.S., you obviously have expectation that you have an opportunity to win a medal at the Games. Um, and that's, that's how everyone, everyone has that state of mind when they go into, into the games, expecting that they will compete for a medal. Jen, did you have something to add? This was, I was smiling thinking about you because I thought, I wonder if he had like, any games he played with himself or any mental tricks that, um, like during workouts, if, if you were swimming and you doubted yourself like even just a mental moment of doubt, physically you're going, that you would add a lap or you created these kind of an infrastructure of confidence around it. Cause you know, think of like, oh, I, I would think that the people that have those weak moments in their mind uh, create a, a sense of concern or doubt at that kind of a big scale. So I'm just wondering if you had any, any things that you did that people wouldn't normally know about. Um. I don't, you know, for me personally, I always, and, and, and you mentioned, you know, there's always doubt, you know, I, I think we as humans have certain, you know, an elements of doubt in anything that we do. But I think what, what I've always, uh, you know, was good for me personally, through all of my experiences that I've always tried to focus on the positives. I'm, I'm a very positive person. And even in the worst of situations, I've always looked at something positive. You know, obviously, when you're in the, in the, in the training grind every single day for, for years, you're going to have a lot of bad days. You're going to have moments where you're, 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 you're extremely disappointed. But in every bad day, there is something good that you can get out of it. You know, maybe I wasn't able to make those time intervals during training, right? But... I can stay five extra minutes and work on a couple of my turns so that I can just perfect that part of my race. So if you're willing to challenge yourself and if you're willing to look for positives, you build on those positives as you continue to you know, pursue your dreams. Because at the end of the day, when you get to that level of the Olympic Games, you, there's no, you can't have any doubt. You can't question yourself because right. especially in our sport, I mean, like I mentioned, you're talking about hundreds of a second. So that little doubt could affect your performance and you want to try to eliminate that. Hmm. So Jen, I want to come to you. you. You instruct athletes most out of their training. Uh, how do you help someone else dig deeper into what they need to do? When you mean, when you say someone else, what do you mean? 
So someone you're training. So it's one thing to mentor. Oh, like my own personal, how do I encourage someone else to find it? Yeah. Which mm-hmm. is very different than going internally. You know, that yeah. you, you coach someone through that. You know, it's funny. Um, I, I like to say this and I say it with a smile because, you know, I tell people you're not special. <laughs> we all, just as Lenny kind of said, being, having doubt is part of being human. You're going to have moments of weakness. You're going to have moments of questioning. You're going to have moments of distraction. And I think what I I try to do is help minimize distraction for people so they can get clear on what's really important to them. And right before we started this recording, you know, I had said oftentimes what I do is I create almost like a short-term carrot, something to go for. I mean, weight loss for your wedding, weight loss for a reunion. You think about, oh, I want to improve my, my mile time and my half marathon coming up. These are small carrots that are measurable. So there's progress, there's accountability. We have touch points on them. But in the process of reaching those touch points and getting to those carrots is where you start to learn about yourself. And that's where I ask and I work with people. It's less about like yelling and getting them motivated and you can do it. Anyone can get up for a day. Anyone can, can push it, you know, for, for those, push through those hard days. It's a matter of what you're willing to learn and see about yourself through that process that starts to change the behavior. Because in the beginning, maybe they're getting through hard days for me as their coach. They're like, well, Jen's here. I don't want to let her down. I'm going to do it. But eventually it starts to evolve and they're, they're going to be then doing it for themselves. They realize that they care about their performance. As Lenny has said perfectly, like there is pride in what he did. I, he knows his work ethic. He knows how important that is to him, regardless of the gold medal. What's probably it's part of Lenny's legacy is to have that in place. And that once you take care of the process, the gold medals in whatever category will come. What do you think is the biggest obstacle that you see Lenny with swimmers that you coach now, Jen, with people you coach, what's that biggest obstacle that others face or that you even face? Like uh, you, you said, you know, you put the carrot out there, but there, it's not just a straight line to the carrot. There, there's got to be bumps. There's going to be twists and turns, forks on the road, however you want to phrase it. Um, what have you done to overcome that? And what maybe something you've encouraged, both of you have encouraged others to do? Jen, go ahead. You can. There we go. Okay. Um, and this is my sweet spot. So I, it's a deconditioning process. People think I've got to get it right the first time or, oh, I messed up my macros today. It's over. Or I missed my time trials that day. This, uh, th- that's it. I'm not going to be able to make, you know, the next competition. I won't be able to meet my next time. We uh, in life are not linear. And you hear this a lot and it's such a cliche, but that's what makes it so true. Two steps forward, one step back is still progress. When you go through ups and downs, we're still going up. And I think that's the deconditioning that the downs are somehow bad are, 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 is just not the truth. It's, it's, it's a great Mark Twain quote. It's not what you um, know. Uh, it's not what you don't know that gets you in trouble, trouble. It's what you think you know that just ain't the truth. And it's, you just think that like, oh, this is, this is bad. This is it. This is over for me. The number one thing I tell people, I'm like, you can't mess this up. If you just keep showing up, you keep trying, learning, going forward, you will progress forward. That, that happens on its own. I don't have to make this happen. All I have to do is, is, is get up every day and show up again. That's literally it. 
Yeah, you know, I will second, you know, what Jen is saying, because I think there's a common trend in terms of how you work with people and how you motivate them and, uh, and, and how you uh, clearly paint to them that this is a journey, that you will have ups and downs, and that, that is normal. But, you know, the staying focused and trying to continue to move forward is, is the only way to, to break through those challenges. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and, and I've always, you know, I, I use this analogy quite a bit um, that the only person that you can be true to is the person that look, when you look in the mirror, that looks back at you. That's the only, only person that you can be honest with. And if you can be honest with yourself every single day that you're, you're doing the best that you can, that's all you can ask of yourself. And you're going to continue to search forward. And that's, that's the, the mentality. That's the attitude that you know, I, I want everyone that I work with uh, to take when, when they experience those, you know, challenges and not getting those immediate satisfactions where, you know, we, I think in today's society, people expect uh, something happening right now. Yeah. And it's just, it, it, it's a process. It is. I will tack on one thing too. It's honesty, but I think it's a level two of being curious and, and uh, curious with yourself without judging yourself. So if there are setbacks or if you're seeing something, you're looking in the mirror, you're like, wow, I have been putting in 80%. Okay, why? What's going on in my life? How am I feeling? Where's my incentive? Sometimes it's real. It's, it, it's an infrastructure question. Sometimes it's something deeper. But if you don't have the courage to ask the question um, or you're not kind enough in the answer, it stops you at that point. And I think that that becomes a really nice combination of like, just be honest ask the questions, be curious, and then do it without judgment. Because I think that we we are literally the only one in our way. So, so you both talked about this before we started recording, which was, um, we were joking about Lenny going back to the Olympics, right? Yeah. And, and it's like, oh, and I said, Dara Torres went back and still younger. I understand that the, the body sometimes has limits. So, so I, I think that's true, um, but, you know, even Michael Phelps, I don't know that he'd be able to do what he did, or certainly Mark Spitz would not be able to do what he did today as he did back then. So at what point also do you, are there, are there times in which either of you have said enough is, I cannot dig any deeper and, or you don't encourage the person, like you've hit your goal, your plateau, and you're just done, or does it morph into something different as you mature uh, and whether that's physical or just mental, that maturity sort of allow you to sort of curb it or change the direction. Well, I, I think it, it, it's, it's each person individually. It, it really comes down to what is your purpose and what you're trying to accomplish. I think at the end of the day, that's, that's the most important, at least the way I see it, that's the most important question uh, to ask. What, 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 why are you doing it and what do you want to accomplish? And uh, in, in every walk of life, I mean, there's obviously a path that you take, uh, take uh, to, to accomplish that. Uh, if we're talking about athletics, if we're talking about fitness, if we're talking about a healthy lifestyle, then that, that becomes a lifestyle. And I think it's important to continue to evaluate why and your purpose all the time so you can, so you can continue to you know, strive towards uh, fulfilling that why and your goals. Yeah, I I honestly, my my only tactical is that I think there are perceived limits 
and we do break them and we make new ones. And that's the reevaluation re process that I think Lenny's talking about. So do I, do I think people ever hit their limit? I'm like, whoa, you're there. You can just stop. It's like, oh, congratulations. You have started into another level. It is the endless game of Mario Brothers, right? right? It's like there are <laughs> infinite levels and it's, it, it's how far do you want to take it? And sometimes I, I'm like exhausted by that ideas and other times I'm thrilled that I have the time to do it that I am here getting a chance to work on those levels every day in my life. So perceived limitations, sure. Jen, it's hilarious that you went to Mario because that is actually where my head went to. Oh, I was like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so tr let's talk about training and practice, which are both incredibly important to both of you. You don't just go into a competition without it. And you certainly have to have repetition if your, your body's going to train for whatever you're training for. So what is the first step that has to happen for someone who is hesitant? Um, you know, Jen, do you get a call from someone who says, I want to change? You know, what is that first thing you say to them? Or, or Lenny, when you're working with a swimmer who says, I want to go to the Olympics, or that, that's a goal for my, of mine, you know, what's your first piece of advice for someone to, to begin that process of digging deep? I mean, my answer might be very different than Lenny's because we're talking about sports versus just standard, you know, movement. I mean, it's just to start. It sounds, it sounds remedial, but as something as simple as walking, as stretching in your house, we have lost this, um, this level of physical literacy. I think we have it when we're children. It's very second nature. I know my parents enrolled us all in like park district gymnastics classes, you know, like walk on the beam, you know, carry the carpet square, hop like a bunny. It, I didn't know what I was, I was having a blast. I was being a bunny, but in the meantime, I was having an understanding of spatial awareness, what my body's limits were, what it felt like to fall, what it felt like to get back up. And I think there's been a wave of a reduction of that just because we've been so much more of a technological community and society, uh, which has its benefits, but obviously has its, has its, its pullbacks as well. And so for me, I get people that are a trying to get back in touch with that or have never found it before. So a lot of it is just, it's just discovery. It's again, like I said, stretching, or, I mean, literally the things that you can find on YouTube, you know, for, for six minutes worth of a stretch or a yoga flow. And I think sometimes the hard part is I get people saying, I need to lose weight before I can start. They, they're afraid of looking foolish in the gym or looking foolish in their home and, and not being accepted. And there's no easy answer. You have to just start. Yeah, that Jen, it's, it's funny that you said that because um, as my kids are sort of, they're, they're in school, but now right now they're dis distance learning. What's their age? Sorry, why? How old are they? Kindergarten and third grade. Oh, like, great. Like, okay. <laughs> but part of my mother's a gym teacher and part of me, the, the hard part of not being in school isn't just academics. It absolutely is, of course. But there is an element of just like, gym and recess and learning the motor skills of uh and just walk and watching my daughters now my oldest is taking a little to basketball which dad is thrilled about um but you know and knowing that she's not going to have gym doing that and so we've been renting like a, a gym on our own because i don't want her to lose that desire to play at the same time she would be developing some of those just normal skills in gym yeah um, it's incredibly important and i'm not talking like conditioning and you know it's like hand-eye coordination yeah. footwork uh you know kinesthetic awareness of you know balance i mean all of those things the 10 physical skills are far beyond just strength and conditioning and that's what people think movement is it's like we have all these things to pick from yeah 
Lenny, what about you? What about someone who's, you know, really wants to start? Where do you, where do you, where would you start them? Well, again, I, I think we talked, I mentioned that earlier. I think you want to, first of all, define what, what you want to do, why, why, what you're trying to accomplish, at least with a level of athletes and my personal experiences is that, that that's really important. Fundamentally, that's the most important thing. And then you, you, you have to obviously understand that the process, again, takes time. And then always trying to just, just bring being the best that you can be every single day, whatever that, that in your own definition of being the best is the most important, important thing. You know, I always give example, at least my personal example. Um, when I used to, when I trained years ago, um, my, I felt most satisfying when I came home after two practices, I fell on the couch and I just couldn't get up. That I knew I had an incredibly productive day because I gave it my all. And, you know, that type of a mindset that when I had every single day uh, helped me, you know, to obviously achieve the goals and to be able to, um, you know, compete at that highest level. And when I talk to athletes today, it's kind of the same thing, you know, appreciate the process, give it all that you have every, uh, that, that particular day and you, you feel that satisfaction. Um, I, I think it's important though to point out, you know, it's interesting what you just described, Lenny. I'm like, there's no way I would do that now, like to work that hard. And I know I'm working below my capacity now at 38 years old. I do not come home and fall on the, I'm like, I don't have the energy for it. I don't have the drive and I don't have the direction. All those things that you said you need to be at this athletic performance, you know, Olympic directed right. sp space. And so I think that, you know, from my perspective, working, you know, with just every everyday humans that are just trying to get rid of the spare tire, you know, around their waist, they think it's got to be that. They think it's they've got to be two practices a day, crushed when I get home. You know, you you know, it, it, you got to think. I, I've got kids. I've got to get food on the table. I've got my job, and it's like it, I think people had to differentiate that what Lenny is talking about is a specific performance based level of work that is going to get you to those high, high level, like, like the, the, the highest level of competition you could reach, which is always the hope for any athlete. Right. But I think a lot of other people that are just wanting to get started are afraid that that's what it has to be to be successful. And it does not. Yeah, I would, I, I definitely agree with Jen. I think obviously she has an experience with, with people that, you know, I guess everyday people that you just, you need to start and you need to just understand just being active. My experience comes from, from athletes that are, that, you know, that are pursuing com, com, completely different level of what yeah. they, they want to accomplish. But at the end of the day, Jen, I, I think it's also important to point out what you mentioned. I think just being active and starting, um, I think it's important that people become observant how great that feels, how great it feels to them, just, just what the rest of their day looks like and how they're feeling the rest of the day when they start a day by being active. And I think just self-awareness in, in your own feelings kind of helps you to, to get on the, or helps you to start on that right yeah. path. Because you have evidence. You're like, oh, this does work. <laughs> yeah. I do feel pretty good. I remember my friend, I had a client for years and I and I would get a, uh, a message from her husband every once in a while, just like, I can always tell the day my wife sees you. Thank you. You know, and was really sweet. And for a while I was like, I'm, I'm a really good trainer. 
And then I realized, no, I mean, I am, but that's not why she feels so good. She moved her body. She tried, she created pride in the effort and, you know, it changed her day, changed her move, changed her chemicals. It just, it's, it's the movement. So you're so right. Except only swimmers can eat that much, that many calories and still burn it off. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean that you guys like swimmer, the only people I've ever met who eat that kind of calorie are swimmers and wrestlers because in the short amount of time they're in the pool or in the ring, they are burning more calories than most people eat in a day, should eat in a day, right? Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, they, they do. Uh, I was actually, before we went on, Jen, I was telling Jeremy, I was uh, in Budapest uh, for six weeks involved in a professional swim league. Cool. And uh, we, we all stayed together in the same hotel with all the athletes and food was available all the time. <laughs> And it's been a while since I've been around people uh, that eat this much, but absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you have like these guys having three or ladies have three plates that they're just uh, carrying to the table, eating it. And that's fine. They all still got uh, six packs, eight packs. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah, a combination of a lot of training and being very young kind of helps with that. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So last question, you both are outwardly strong and impressive individuals in, in, in your respective fields. So where are the places in your lives where you need to dig deep? Maybe it's not in athletics. When it doesn't come to sports or training, where are other issues in which you have to sort of dig deep into your soul, into your spirituality, into your emotions to overcome something where maybe because outwardly you're sort of like, you know, so tough where people might not realize that you have to dig deeper in other ways? It's, it's a really excellent question. Um, you know, it's, I, I think I find it fascinating as I've been doing my own kind of personal research. I'm, I'm working on my next book right now. And I find that a lot of times we as human create humans create what I call like safety measures, right? We create security and stability by controlling uh, situations, outcomes, people, our bodies, all these things for that kind of security. But it's in that, in the freedom, in the unknown, in the mystery of your day, that growth really happens. And so for me, um, I'm working, I struggle to do that. Uh, a great example, like every single episode of Biggest Loser, every class I've ever taught in my life, I'll have a piece of paper this big, you'll never see it but it sits next to my water bottle and it's the workout. I'm like, I need the structure. I need the control. I need to know where we're going and I can just put it there and I have it. And if I ever feel like off, I'm like, Oh, I got it. <sighs> okay. And what I'm trying to do and the hardest thing for me is working off paper to just trust myself, allow my instincts to be louder than my, my safety measures. Because I think that's where different parts of your life really start to open. I think that's where you start to learn about capabilities you didn't know were there. And, and that's, my, that's my biggest, my greatest work right now is starting to expand there. And I, and I think if I'll add on, and I'd love to hear what Lenny has to say, is just when you are branded an expert, I, you know, I, I didn't do that. Somebody else said I was because I was on this TV show. And yes, I'm educated and yes, I've continued to pursue more information and further that. But when you're an expert now, it's like, I better have it. I better know it. I better have the way. And to offer that I don't know something was scary for me at a time. And so I'm, I'm embracing that I don't know. I don't have the answers. 
I have insight and input, but I'm still working at it myself too. And that's kind of, that's, I think would write where my digging deep for Jen goes. (laughs) Yeah, I think, I I guess for me, it's actually pretty similar in terms of constantly trying to work on myself uh, through my daily experiences. Um, You know, obviously I always try to, you know, it's interesting as focused as, uh, uh, as I was when I was trying to compete uh, when I was competing, it, it's a little bit more challenging for me to stay just to focus when now trying to achieve some of my goals that, that are more business related. Um, there's obviously I'm trying to balance a lot between obviously being a, a business owner, having kids, uh, managing uh, other people. Um, so it, there's a lot of balance. And at times it I have, I, I, I struggle with the ability to keep myself focused, but yeah. I've always been pretty good asking for help. Uh, I, I'm not, uh, I don't shy away from, uh, you know, acknowledging my weaknesses and I look for people to uh, guide me and help me, whether it be someone in, in a particular field that I know that can help me maybe just to, I guess, maybe recharge my focus a little bit and put me on the right path whether it be you know my close friends where I can share with them some of my struggles and thoughts um, that they can um, you know put me on that right path or check me Uh, I I always I like to be checked because I yes one thing for me I've always been willing to accept um, that, as Jen said, that we don't know everything yeah. uh, and that, uh, you know, we're constantly pursuing it. And a lot of times, uh, uh, a lot of times, though, you, you, you feel like you, um, you, at least for me, I need to be, I need to have a different uh, perspective. And I'm very, I've always been uh, open to people's inputs. And I seek that. And I think not for my own satisfaction but more just making sure that i'm on the right path and if i'm sticking some if i'm sticking somewhere maybe that that someone else can either encourage me to push through it or maybe look for a different path i don't know if i answered your question yeah absolutely absolutely (laughs) i I don't think there's one answer you know uh, um you know it's gonna that's a surprise you know so i I'm a rabbi, that's not the point of the show, but one of the things is I teach so much about prayer or help people with prayer, and that it, oftentimes that can be the hardest thing for me. And I love prayer, like it very much centers me, but it can, but it, um, when you're teaching and helping so many other people, and when it comes time to you, you're sort of worn down from it. And it can be, it can be a struggle sometimes to sort of get your own spirituality up when you're, you're so busy lifting everyone else or trying or, you know, you know, going from a funeral to then services, is not an easy task. You just mourn with people and now you got to refocus yourself. So I, I think both of what you're saying is like, you got to ask for help. You got to have teachers. You got to, you got to, you know, not accept that even experts, your expertise isn't the be all and end all or the, or have all the answers. Thank you both so much for your time. This was a great conversation. Uh, so great seeing, seeing both of you virtually. Yeah. And uh, thanks. I appreciate it. You bet, buddy. Thank you.
This was a big topic for me. How do we dig deep? How do we go to that place, whether it's emotionally, physically, spiritually, intellectually, where we can push beyond our barriers? What better two people to hear this from than Olympic gold medalist and someone like Jen Wiederstrom, who just trains and gets the most out of people. And they gave great insight to begin your journey and to not let anything get in that way and to know your limits and your goals and to keep pushing through. And the only person standing in the way of you and your goals is you and how you approach that task ahead of you. I want to sincerely thank my guests, Lenny Kraselberg and Jen Wiederstrom. It was a pleasure to have them and really to begin to grow this podcast even further. I want to thank Todd Kessler for his music. This has been another episode of the Religion of Human Nature podcast, and I'm your host, Jeremy Fine.